0: Hi there, Michael Zuber. Thanks for listening to the One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that the book One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible? Yes. To all my podcast listeners out there, One Rental at a Time is now available on Audible. Go check it out and please leave a five-star review. Have a great day. Hey everyone! Thanks for watching. It is Monday, and you know Monday we kick off our expert series, and we always start strong with Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well. So hey, I don't I mean I don't know if it's obvious to you, it's it's obvious to me. But when I speak with you, I think you're my entrepreneur expert, right? You're you're the you're the guy that was the truck in the toolbox, built it into a huge business. Uh, you were there to uh, review deals, always looking uh, and have a, a proven track record. So that's when I think of talking to you, I'm like, that's my entrepreneur. So uh, what I want to talk about today is the big cities. And I'm going to share details I've learned about San Francisco. I think these are common details to other big cities, but I, I don't want to speak out of school. I'll just talk about San Francisco. Yeah. So San Francisco's having some trouble today. Um, it, was, it was always unaffordable. Uh, tent cities were lots of places it shouldn't have been even before the pandemic. But now it's accelerated. Uh, the rich are leaving. Uh, moving trucks are so busy, they're declining work. Really? They're, oh yeah, they're declining work. Um, you know, they're, they're raising rates and still booked out. Uh, rents are now down more than 10%. Active listings have gone up 100%. Uh, got a note from the Chamber of Commerce of San Francisco yesterday that more than half of their businesses that were part of the com- Chamber of Commerce are closed permanently. So what I wanted to talk to you about is this all feels bad, uh, but I'm reminded of a, you know, a term of darkest before the dawn, or if you're going Mm -hmm. through hell, keep going. I know the right answer is entrepreneurs will make San Francisco reborn, but I'm afraid the next, I don't know what time, six, 12, 18, 24 months are going to be just atrocious. But I wanted to talk to you about how could entrepreneurs eventually turn San Francisco around. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, so San Francisco is, you know, obviously unique to a lot of these other major cities, especially with the homeless situation. And just, you know, the general um, rule of law in San Francisco. I mean, I was shocked. I didn't even know. I was shocked when I saw a 60 Minutes segment earlier this year about um, how the the lack of policing in San Francisco and some of the offenses that they don't even arrest people or even cite them for. Mm -hmm. They just ignore it, you know. So, you know, San Francisco is very unique and, you know, you got to remember what makes this country great, you know, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, whatever, what makes this country great is the rule of law. Yep. Okay. It's our freedoms, right? Of, of religion, of, you know, speech, of all these different things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's the rule of law. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, as a society, carrying guns and settling our arguments <laughs> in the street with whoever can pull it yeah. out the fastest. Yeah, 10 cases traders, and right? turn around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, arguably in some cities, we're kind of headed back to that. But, you know, right now, I think the big issue on the table is the rule of law. Mm -hmm. A lot of cities are overrun and being overtaken by mob rule. And a lot of businesses that people have poured their life savings into are being destroyed for, you know, no reason at all. And Mm -hmm. uh, now I I don't wanna, you know, when I say no reason, I don't mean, you know, the protests. Okay, those are totally legitimate. Yeah lot of if that's you know, part of
0: the American history is peaceful protest. And, yeah, and, exactly. But to just
1: destroy somebody's business, yeah, you know, over these over these issues, you know, it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not going to change anything. It's not going to solve anything. You know, yeah. it just it just makes things worse. So that is very different now than just the pandemic and people right. just wanting to get out of the city because they don't want to get sick or whatever. Now people are afraid. Yeah. They're afraid to live in the cities. And if you think about, you know, how New York used to be. Yeah, before no, exactly. They got a grip on it and got control of it. How some areas of San Francisco used to be before they got a grip on it and all it's that.
0: It's yep.
1: Yeah, and it was the young millennials in, in a lot of cases that came in and turned a lot of these areas in these cities around. You know, so if that gets undone, you know, it's going to take some time to turn it around. So first and foremost, you need a rule of law to be reinstituted in these areas. you got to control that stuff and you can't let it happen um, in order for an entrepreneur to be able to come in and even do anything. Right. You know, um, I mean, no entrepreneur is going to go into a city where they feel like, whatever they do from an investment and a, and a work standpoint is going to get destroyed overnight because somebody's ticked off about something, you know? And again, I don't mean to diminish what's happened. No, no. There's some serious um, social injustice going on out there and there's a, you know, racism problem in this country still. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's, it's, you know, the police departments not every police officer is corrupt not everybody's a racist but there are some at every level of government and every Mm -hmm. level of society Mm
0: -hmm. and that
1: stuff needs to be stamped out you know no question Yeah. but um people are just going to go where you know they know they can they're going to feel safe their business and their property is going to be protected and you know things like that so yeah um, you got to get a grip on that first before you know entrepreneurship can take over
0: yeah so there, so what I'm taking from this is San Francisco has more room to fall. I mean again, I got I have data on San Francisco because I did a bunch of reading over the weekend. There's a CVS that opened up on one of the main arteries in, in San Francisco, and uh, they were doing it to help change the area, right CVS came in on purpose it wasn't the, it wasn't the perfect location, but it was good enough for San Francisco because it's so vertical, right? Uh, but it quickly became the most shoplifted store in the entire CVS portfolio. San Francisco will not arrest anybody for for shoplifting less than $999. They don't even cite them. So there's Mm -hmm. video of people just coming in with a shopping bag and walking Mm out. Yeah, there's no entrepreneur that is going to, to your point of rule of law, risk their business. Um, There's a video I'm going to do I do that
1: when I can go anywhere else in the country and not have to worry about that. You know, obviously, other than, you know, some major cities that are having trouble right now, but...
0: Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly the point, right? San Francisco is, is about to pay some significant prices for bad leadership decisions, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that you can shoplift almost $1,000 of stuff and not go to jail, why would a business, a reta- even a retailer the size of CVS, which is a big retailer, do that? Yeah. There's no mom and pop that's going to come in and go, hey, I'm going to open a retail store. And oh, by the way, I'm going to write off 1000 bucks a day in shoplifting fees. Are you kidding me? That's, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Not- and it's
1: a problem, you know, there's, there's a systemic problem, you know, in, in other areas, you know, uh, especially low income inner city areas where there's no quality grocery stores, you know, <laughs> within walking distance, um, you know, for the same reason, it's, you know, it's a safety issue and the stores have tried it and, you know, they, they, you know, they can't, they can't, you know, keep people from breaking in, you know, from yep. vandalizing and, and things like that. And it's very unfortunate um, but it is a problem.
0: Yeah. So I want to play this out because again, I see a murky future, but you know, I just want to play it out. So I agree with you. The rule of law needs to be in place and enforced, hence removing some of the risk for a future entrepreneur. But in order yeah. to get there, right, San Francisco. And again, I only pick on San Francisco because it's the only city I've read. I think it plays elsewhere, New York and, you know, Chicago and and whatnot, but, um, so they're, they're already going downhill. The, the mobile and the rich are leaving, which takes their tax bases with them, which takes their consumerism with them. They make up arguably 60 to 70% of the consumer dollars spent there, right? Restaurants, entertainment, shopping, all of that. So they're leaving. The people who can't leave are staying. Services are going to come down because the tax base comes down. You got this whole defund the police thing, which is going to make even the rule of law less attractive prices have to come down then san francisco becomes unsafe like it was for me in the 80s right we would never go there because it was Mm -hmm. just unsafe um so we we really could be looking at a four or five year kind of negative trend and then what has to happen is we have to have a change in leadership uh at the top uh somebody has to come in and reinstitute that and then you just start building from the bottom is that kind of where we have to go you think
1: yeah, yeah. And the change needs to be, uh, you know, overarching nationwide. So unfortunately, you know, with the protests, you know, peaceful protests often don't affect change, mm-hmm. you know, burning buildings down and, you know, destruction is, you know, that's what gets the ball moving. and creates change, unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's the, it's the, you know, it's those types of things that, that people are, wait a minute, we got a problem we need to fix, you know, right. these people are mad, <laughs> you know, so first and foremost, you got to figure out, okay, how do we have a f- effective peaceful protests that actually affect change. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. So, you know, it's like you said, it's got to start at the top to where, you know, we can figure out how to fix these things that that are going wrong. How, you know, how do you solve the, the homeless issue, issue in San Francisco, you know, uh, where you have people just, you know, laying right there on the streets doing whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you got to fix that. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's just so many issues. And, and it's interesting how there are certain certain states and certain areas that have those big. You know populations, and you know even some of the smaller cities. You're starting to see you know more and more of the the visible homelessness right on the streets, and mm-hmm. you know so there's so many issues and so many things that have to be resolved. You know as a whole, starting from the top down. I you know I don't even know if you can put a time frame on what's happening. You know people going out, coming back in. The one thing is, you know uh, if you look at c- cities like Detroit, you know mm-hmm. that have have you know had long term sure. damage. You know, from the economy first, and then from an Exodus second.
0: That's true. Um,
1: that have n- still to this day haven't recovered. You know, from, from twenty point. yeah, you know, twenty oh nine, you know, two thousand and ten timeframe. You know, um, it's really interesting to see. I mean, San Francisco is one of those great cities that you would never think that that right. something like that could happen to. Just like New York, you know, since it's turned around, and just like you know, Los Angeles and San Diego, and just all these other great cities that we yeah. have in the country. That's interesting. Uh,
0: let's 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 noodle on Detroit a little bit. So my understanding of what happened to Detroit is obviously it was a huge automotive and manufacturing hub, and it grew and grew and grew. Right? It was the spot in like the '50s and '60s. Right? That was where yeah. to go. And then you get to right around sometime in the 1990s, uh, it starts to shrink population-wise. Right? My understanding. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Great Recession, which really impacted Detroit. And then it it sort of it's kind of like the pandemic for Detroit happened in, in I don't know, 08, 09, whatever, which mm-hmm. really accelerated. A uh, lot of
1: manufacturing
0: left the country. Uh, exactly. Left the country, which population, the mo- again, the mobile left, right? They got mm-hmm. jobs elsewhere, right? Uh, the ones who couldn't leave stayed. It, it, I think Detroit's a great example. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, that's been yeah. at least 20 years, right?
1: So what's the, what's the Detroit factor in San Francisco? It's big tech, you know, so if big tech starts remote working and leaving the cities oh, and doing all that, I mean, that's what's are. created the buzz in San Francisco, yeah. you know, so, you know, that's where you end up with that turn. That's the manufacturing leaving the state, you know, equivalent for San Francisco. And, you know, what does that look like? And, you know, there's, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, that, arguably could change, you know, there yeah. could be an exodus, you know, just because of price point taxes. And now, you know, these companies and, and the employees wanting to be able to have the flexibility to, to work remotely from anywhere. And, you know, their money goes a lot further in Arizona, yeah, uh, a know, lot North further. Carolina, Florida, yeah. than it does, you know, out there. So yeah, uh, that's a very real thing happening and it is going to continue to happen in that area.
0: Yeah. And just so you know, you probably didn't see this. It didn't hit your radar, but Pinterest, one of those hot San Francisco companies, they just paid $89 million to break their San Francisco lease. Did you hear that? Greg? I lost Greg's audio. we will be getting greg back shortly i am back I there he is yeah. yeah so did you hear I, that I, pinterest yeah paid 89 million dollars to break their lease in san francisco wow that tells you i mean right there that's one example twitter is already on record salesforce is on record i mean they're just i think i think san francisco could be starting a similar detroit exit i, I hadn't thought of that that's a great idea
1: yeah so that that's kind of the equivalent, you know, of of what could happen. And, you know, so we're, you know, there's always going to be opportunities created, but you know, once that trend starts, I mean, Detroit's never been able to recover, you know, can San Francisco recover at some point when their entire, you know, existence has been based on, you know, tech jobs coming to the, you know, coming to that area. I mean, that's, that's, what's driving it.
0: Yeah. And the little bit I know about Detroit, again, I read a little bit about it because my mom is from that area, Farmington Hills specifically. So I read, read about Detroit because she likes to talk about it, reminisce. Um, they are starting to come back here the last three or four years, right? It is mm-hmm. the millennials that went back in and they kind of, re, they kind of focused on areas and they almost like entrepreneurs, right? Created their own little flower shops and their mm-hmm. own little local things. But it, it took 15 years and it got ugly. ugly. I mean, they were selling houses for a dollar.
1: Well, not even that, just, you know, they just started tearing them down. And yeah, just removed no, the exactly. vacant lots, you know, and that that is still going on. So there's still areas that, you know, some areas are doing well, but there's still a large, you know, large areas of that city that, you know, still the same thing The buildings are just vacant and yeah. it's just cheaper to tear them down and just maintain a vacant well, it's lot. it's safer, it yeah.
0: I mean, geez, mm-hmm. yeah. So again, so I don't- It's just I... one area.
1: I mean, and you have that in a lot of different areas, you know, where you can you can find those examples, you know, throughout the country uh, in certain areas, you know, but it's largely where there was a manufacturing base that disappeared, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you know, it was either automated or it was, you know, shipped outside the country or outside the state. So there's a little bit of that going on.
0: It's It's really not just manufacturing. I'll call it labor. And because San Francisco doesn't make any, well, it doesn't manufacture anything. I guess it creates code, um, You know, the
1: problem too is, is the traffic. So, you know, as people leave areas, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, you want to be where the traffic is. You know, Mm -hmm. real estate is valued based on price and, you know, based on traffic, right? So in order for something to have value, there's got to be traffic. There's got to be people that want to go, that want to engage with that business, Mm -hmm. with that property, either live there, work there, whatever. And in those cities, those are live work cities. And that's why people are there. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to see the millennial exodus, right? It's the millennials that are leaving. And those are the ones that changed it and turned it around. No question. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you know, right now, who knows? I mean, it's, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's, it's a great time if you have traffic because you can potentially go in and take over a location where somebody left for little to nothing, Right. you know? rent rates are going to be down if not free for a while. Yep. You know, you might have some FF and E in place, furniture fixtures and equipment in place that you can take over. If it's a restaurant it might be fully equipped. Somebody just says, I'm done. They leave. I'm out. Yeah. Step in and just take it over, you know, and and start a whole new business. uh, If you have some resources, but you need traffic, you need people and you need to know that your business is not going to be burned or, you know, um, looted or robbed or torn down. You know, if you try to reopen it, and you're going to have you know you're going to be safe living there so you know it, it'll be interesting to see how you know portland seattle dc now dc yeah. is you know is is you know going through a lot of chicago. stuff chicago and, and yeah chicago yeah uh, you know they got control of it there quick
0: yeah <laughs> yeah they stopped that that looting on miracle mile pretty quick when they just raised the bridges and said you can't come mm-hmm. yeah that was that was pretty interesting so again yeah, i yeah, so. Uh, yeah i think um I think you're, 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 I'm going to look at that Detroit. Cause again, I think it could happen in San Francisco. I certainly don't think San Francisco will shrink like Detroit did, right? Detroit mm-hmm. built up over generations and just sprawled. San Francisco is lucky in that regard where it's a very small footprint, right? There's not a lot, there's no land to build anywhere else, yeah. uh, but it will be cheaper to your point. I think housing is cheaper. I think rent is cheaper uh, because again, like you said, it's all about traffic. And I think, yeah. I think office towers, I mean, I can't imagine. I'm going to get that article and talk about it. $89 million to break a lease because their their employees aren't coming in. They're like, screw it. Work from home. Yeah. That's telling. I think that's really telling about what's going on because again, they're worried about their employees, right? The articles that I've read, their employees are getting hassled coming off Muni and Bart and all this stuff and it's getting worse.
1: And think about, yeah. And think about that number, 89 million to break the lease. So what was the value of the lease? You know, I mean, so, it was obviously a lot more than that. And it was yeah, cheaper it to for be. them to do that than, than to just keep paying rent on a vacant space. That's what's so mind boggling.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get that article and talk about it because that, that's a shocking number.
1: Yeah, Sorry, I will. Get that's on. a lot of space. But yeah, it's company after company that's doing it. That, that could have a real
0: impact on that area. No, absolutely. And again, it's going to, I mean, this is a ripple effect, right? We're talking about entrepreneurs here, but there are people that own that stuff today that yeah. likely have debt. Not many people of that size own stuff free and clear. They have debt. And that debt is worth a lot. You know, the debt's not as secure as it used to be is my, my guess.
1: Yeah. It's a trickle down, you know, so uh, you know, the, so it starts at the, the business level, right? Yep. So the small businesses, they still haven't received any real relief like wall street has. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the money has not made it to main street. I don't care what they say that small restaurant owner, that small bookstore, that small bakery, they have not been made whole. The PPP program did not take care of that business. It didn't replace all the income that has been lost and is continuing no. to be lost. And you know, the recovery is going to take time. So, the, you know, people are going out to eat and doing that kind of stuff, but the movie theaters have opened. Oh. I've gone to the movies yeah. the last two weekends. And we were the only ones in the theater, basically wow. me and my wife, we've had the whole theater to ourselves <laughs> you know, on a Saturday and a Sunday afternoon when normally, you know, it'd be, it would be darn near packed. Yeah. You know, so uh, now we're in a small town, you know, Charlottesville, Virginia, and 60-some thousand people in the college, you know, hasn't come back yet. UVA, University of Virginia, they haven't brought the students back. So a little bit of a skew there, but still, I mean, a fraction. I don't even know how the movie theaters are doing it. It's costing them money to even be open right
0: now. Yeah, that's, uh, eventually that has to stop. When, it, when, when your utility bill is more than your mm-hmm. ticket revenue, shut it down. <laughs> I mean, so, nice.
1: back to that. So, the business owners are asking for relief from the landlords. Okay. Uh-huh. And the landlords are working with the business owners as much as they can, you know. Um, but at some point, you just, you, you're going to run out of bullets, right? And yeah. You got to pull the plug. And that landlord is in the same boat. So, they're talking to their lenders. And depending on who your creditor is, whether it's a CMBS loan, you can't work that out, yeah. you know, as a property. There is no, no workout.
0: Yeah. We learned you know, that last time a, in the residential space. It's all chopped up. You can't, you just can't work it out.
1: That's a very different animal and, and very little flexibility there because it's a security. So there's yep. nobody to work it out with. Um, and those loans are designed for the owners to just turn in the keys when things go bad, just like the shopping malls, Yeah. you know, and the REITs, they just downgrade properties, you know, to get ready to go back to the servicers and just walk away because, you know, they don't have any money tied up in it. Now, um, where there can be some real pain is these, you know, smaller private owners that have, you know, equity tied up in properties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're at risk of losing, you know, significant fortunes. But um, it's, it's just this whole trickle down effect that, you know, we have not seen the full effect of yet um, that, that, you know, it's a tsunami coming, you yeah. know, once we get past the end of this year going into next year, you know, we're no, going to see the sure. real effects of a lot of businesses that just couldn't make it.
0: Yeah. And that's really where my head is at. Is this, there are darker days ahead, the small, small business. The other thing I'm constantly thinking about is I'm, everybody wants to talk about 2021, like it's 2008. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but we are not going to see the same price deterioration in single family homes in most cities. Like we saw in 08, it's just a different Mm -hmm. ballgame, but we are going to see deterioration in commercial, right? There's real pain there as bad as this sounds, that that impacts millionaires and billionaires, right? They own the commercial stuff. Mom and pop, you know, single family homeowners, they're going to escape this unless they lose their job for the most part. Okay. Right. It's, this is definitely going to impact some very rich people very badly.
1: Yeah. There's only about seven or 8% of the houses that are in the, you know, forbearance program right now that are at risk of foreclosure. And they don't even know that that's a real risk, you know, they're right. in forbearance and, so once we get into next year, you know, we'll start to understand if there's a real, you know, risk of foreclosure and what that risk really is. But it's about 7 to 8% of, you know, federally backed mortgages yep. right now that are in that boat. Yeah,
0: let's, so let's talk about 10, that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's just say it's 10%. Yeah. I, I actually don't see the forbearance wave coming because, again, experience last time. So let's just say it's 10%. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put a real number instead of percentage. Let's say it's 2 million homes. Just, I'm just mm-hmm. making up a number. So if you break up 2 million homes and you sort of say all the different slices, there's going to be some portion of them that have the money but just decided not to pay it because they didn't know what was coming, right? Right. So I don't know what that is. Call it 100,000. I don't care, right? Now you're at 1.9. Then there's another set of people that will have jobs. And uh, as the FHA has said, we're going to take the missed payment, stick it on as a second at 0% interest. So they're going to be good. That's probably more like four or 500,000 homes. Right? It's a bigger percentage. So that's now you're at 1.5. Then there's the people that don't have a job. Uh, they need to move, but they have equity. I am sorry, but if you have 10, 15, 20% equity in your house in a market with one month supply, you can list your home and sell it and walk away with money, right? Yeah. So that, that, in my opinion, is at least half, right? Now we're talking about four or 500,000 folks who are happening to be in bad cities where prices are deteriorating, like San Francisco, like Las Vegas, like, you know, like, like, like. So I see a way, but it's like four or 500 and it's very city concentrated. Mm-hmm. Is that fair?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. People will be able to sell a house exactly. this go around. If it won't be a
0: foreclosure.
1: Yeah. Last time they couldn't sell, the banks weren't working, willing to yeah. work. You know, in this Big case, difference. if you can show true hardship, the bank's going to work with you. Now, yep. if you're strategically defaulting, they're not going to work with you, uh, but you can get it sold. But yeah. you know, so, so it is very different and it's a very small percentage. So, so, Again, the only thing that's driving asset prices across the board yeah. are low interest rates. No question. Low interest rates and liquidity from the Fed. At the high level, at the Agreed. you know uh, Wall Street level, the only place for yield is in risk assets, which is the stock market. So that's why there's so much inflation in the stock market right now, because all of the investors at the institutional level are going there because it's the only place they can get any kind of a return with rates where they are. Bonds aren't yielding anything. Treasuries aren't yielding anything. Gold's not really yielding anything. The only place they can get any kind of yield is in Mm -hmm. the stock market. Yep. All right. In, in the real estate world, the only place you can get any kind of yield right now are in residential, whether it's single family, -family, multifamily or uh, self storage or warehousing. Yeah. Right. And industrial, industrial, you know, yeah. and that's another one where people have to be careful because there's a lot of capital yeah. rushing for yield in industrial and everybody's thinking because of the pandemic e-commerce boom, yeah. we need all this industrial space. There's a lot of, there's a lot of vacant industrial space out there too. And this little, you know, boom, it's kind of like Christmas, right? You Agreed. need all this space at Christmas, but then it contracts after Christmas. So, you know, once we get opened back up again, that demand is going to relinquish a little bit. Um, you know, and there's, there's not as much need and demand for that warehouse space as a lot of people think there is.
0: No, I agree. I, I look at all, again, I look at the, I do a daily financial news segment on my channel and uh, the last 30 days or so have been about all these retailers crushing it and it's all e-commerce, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick Sporting Goods, 112% increase in e-commerce. Um, you know, yeah. Walmart, this, Target, that. Uh, that is a lot of, Unique and Best Buy was another one, just crazy numbers. So,
1: here's the thing. So, let's let's stop right there. So, yeah, that e commerce for Dick's, Walmart's, Target, all that has that increased warehouse demand? No, Uh, no, because where is the where's the e commerce coming from? It's in the stores, exactly right. Right. So, each one of their locations is the warehouse. That's what a lot of people are are missing. There was an article the other day about Best Buy, how they are converting a hundred of their stores into distribution centers. That's right. Walmart's been doing the same thing. So where it's, they are converting to become online retailers at their locations. Yeah,
0: point of whatever, point of location or whatever. Last yeah. mile distribution. So a yeah. lot of people are thinking, hey, let's go into these cities and build
1: last mile distribution. Uh-uh. That's what these stores already are. And that's what they're going to convert to. So that's not going to create, you know, extra demand for that space. So that's what I mean. You got to be careful. Even the shopping malls. You know, you see Amazon yeah. was talking to Simon Property turning, you know, big buy pennies, yep. Yeah, into distribution fulfillment centers, you know, and, and last mile distribution. So that's what's gonna happen when we talk about repurposing, yep. A lot of these commercial entrepreneurship, a lot of these commercial assets are just gonna get repurposed a lot of these companies, I mean, these aren't stupid people. The running Walmart, Target, Best Buy. It's not like they don't know what's going on, right? And that they are all of a sudden taken by surprise with e-commerce. You know, they've been thinking about this for a while and they know what we all do. What do we do? We go into Best Buy to kind of look, put our hands on things and see. Then we get online and find the best price. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they get it and they're, you know, rolling with that tide. But that's where your last mile distribution is coming. So if anybody thinks, hey, I'm going to go develop you know, this last mile distribution or this industrial for the e-commerce boom, don't do it because that's, that's where it's going to happen. Point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'll be in existing footprints, at least for the most part, there'll be, there'll be some yeah. exceptions, but yeah, that's, that's a, see, that's why I love yeah, speaking with a true mall
1: is going to become Amazon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could I already see the sign on my shutter mall near my house, Amazon, yeah, Amazon distribution, it'll be an Amazon mall. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So again, um, Back to, I guess there's a couple of topics. Again, I see entrepreneurship being the answer to the crisis we're in. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I do believe we got to get to the bottom or it's got to get darker before it gets lighter, whatever you want to say. Originally, I thought there'd be a year, you know, under a year to get to the bottom. I guess now I'm thinking because we have to see the structural change, leadership change, use Detroit as a great example that was very, very eye opening you know, San Francisco might see four to six years of pain because uh, we got to change the leadership because uh, their, their policies aren't working.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting what it's going to really take and and, it, and unfortunately until it's gone, right. they don't know. Exactly. You know, they just don't know, you know, because they don't think it can happen. You know, it is such oh, yeah. a huge city and such a great city, just like New York, you know, you, you can't kill a city, but you can sure cripple it for, yeah. for a, a little while and, Impair it,
0: yeah. I mean, this. I mean, again, just thinking about San Francisco, I'd love to talk about New York, but don't know it, won't talk out of school. But San Francisco survived the dot com crash and came back strong, the great recession came back strong, you know, uh, is known for the internet innovation. I think this time's different. And to your point, I don't think I think the, the people at top are going, ah, this will be over soon, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, and it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm not out there. I just, you know, I'm on the outside looking in and you know, you're there. So you, you know, and all you got to do is just watch that transient population. So if more people come in and start squatting and tents are pitched and things like that, and more residents are leaving, you know, there's a tide change in there.
0: Oh, it is. there. There is no doubt. I'm absolutely going to do that video today. There's a gentleman who had had a, he had a small business there. His wife had a small business there. They're now leaving the city. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about all the stats. It is, it's bad. And when moving companies say, no, we're not taking any more business, even though their rates doubled, that's a sign. I wonder where everybody's going. Well, Texas seems to be talked about a ton. Uh, there's actually a fair Mm -hmm. amount of people going to Vegas because again, it's close to the border, right? Um, Yeah.
1: Vegas, Arizona, Texas. Yeah. That's the, that seems to be the West coast.
0: Yeah. The the map Uh, is tilting, right? And then
1: Nashville. A lot of people are going to Nashville. Yeah, that's
0: true. uh, Yeah. Nashville, mm -hmm. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, so this has been fun, man. I know I want to talk to you about this. Um, I'm not sure if I feel better or worse. I, I feel informed. I feel informed today because I had opinions and I just had to talk to you about it. So I appreciate your time, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Same here. And it's, it's like anything else, right? When you're going through transition, there's going to be pain. But, yeah. you know, sometimes there's great things on the other, other side of that. And then sometimes, you know, things just die, you know. So yeah, we'll see.
0: All right, man. Well, take care of yourself. You enjoy your week. All right. Yep. You too, Michael. Thank you.